It's Friday, February 24th, and this is Goodwill Talk Daily. Welcome back, everybody, to Goodwill Talk Daily. I hope it's been a wonderful week for you as we head into the Lenten season now. And uh, we head towards our first Sunday in Lent. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful couple of weeks for us here at Goodwill Church over all of our Goodwill Church locations. So wherever you worship, whether you're worshiping in Montgomery uh, or in the Lindsay Pullman Chapel in Montgomery, whether you're worshiping online with us or at one of our mission churches in Port Jervis, Beacon, or New Paltz, I hope that you are looking forward to a wonderful weekend of worship. It's going to be a, a powerful time. I cannot wait for Sunday worship. Before we get there, though, it's time for our final devotion of the week. We're in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 24, and this is taking us in an eschatological direction. Eschatological is one of those big words that really means it's a chapter that looks at ultimate things, and here, specifically, the ultimate destruction of the earth. Now, when we think about this, we don't think of the destruction of the earth as if the planet is destroyed completely, like kaboom into tiny bits, like the Death Star at the end of Star Wars or something like that. But rather, it is a destruction of the earth that it might be renewed, recreated, a new heaven and a new earth, a recreation of all things for the glory of God and for the enjoyment of his people. We're not going to get much of the recreation here, though. It's mainly focused on the destruction We'll talk about why that's important in just a moment. First, let's read together Isaiah chapter 24, starting in verse 1. See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He will ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. It will be the same for priest as for people, for the master as for his servant, for the mistress as for her servant, for seller as for buyer, for borrower as for lender, for debtor as for creditor. The earth will be completely laid waste and totally plundered. The Lord has spoken this word. The earth dries up and withers. The world languishes and withers. The heavens languish with the earth. The earth is defiled by its people. They have disobeyed the laws, violated the statutes, and broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must bear the guilt. Therefore, earth's inhabitants are burned up, and very few are left. The new wine dries up, and the vine withers. All the merrymakers groan. The joyful timbrels are stilled. The noise of the revelers has stopped. The joyful heart, harp is silent. No longer do they drink wine with a song. The beer is bitter to its drinkers. The ruined city lies desolate. The entrance to every house is barred. In the streets they cry out for wine. All joy turns to gloom. All joyful sounds are banished from the earth. The city is left in ruins. Its gate is battered to pieces. So will it be on the earth and among the nations, as when an olive tree is beaten or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest. They raise their voices. They shout for joy. From the west they acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore in the east... Give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the ends of the earth we hear singing, Glory to the righteous one. But I said, I waste away. I waste away. Woe to me, the treacherous betray. With treachery, the treacherous betray. Terror and pit and snare await you, people of the earth. Whoever flees at the sound of terror will fall into a pit. Whoever climbs out of the pit will be caught in a snare. 
The floodgates of the heavens are opened. The foundations of the earth shake. The earth is broken up. The earth is split asunder. The earth is violently shaken. The earth reels like a drunkard. It sways like a hut in the wind. So heavy upon it is the guilt of its rebellion that it falls never to rise again. In that day, the Lord will punish the powers in the heavens above and the kings on the earth below. They will be herded together like prisoners bound in a dungeon. They will be shut up in prison and punished after many days. The moon will be dismayed, the sun ashamed, for the Lord Almighty will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before its elders with great glory. It's a picture of the destruction of the earth. The destruction of the earth that happens amidst the praising of a people from the West. This is a way of describing what will happen in the end. This is prophetic language. And and really, uh, what's fascinating about this, just from a biblical perspective and understanding the way the Bible is written, um, is passages like this that are the seedbed for an entire genre of literature. Apocalyptic literature is something that only happens uh, for about 300 or so years. The book of Revelation is written toward the end of that period, maybe 400 years, from about 200 BC to 200 AD. And, And this is written much earlier than that. Isaiah wrote this hundreds of years before the rise of apocalyptic literature. But it is from passages like this that that genre is born. They'll take these these apocalyptic visions and turn it into an entire way of writing. So you'll get bits of uh, the book of Daniel are written this way. Um, And also the book of Revelation is written this way. Well, this proto-apocalyptic vision, this seedbed vision for apocalyptic literature, points to the destruction of the earth. And it's destroyed because the peoples of the earth are wicked. But there still will be a group of people, the elders of Zion. The elders of Zion are described in greater detail in the book of Revelation, and they stand in for the entirety of the church. They will be there on Mount Zion, and God will rule in their midst, and he'll rule with glory before the church. But the rest of the world, they face destruction. This is why we evangelize, brothers and sisters. We believe this is true, a true vision of the future. The earth will be destroyed and the inhabitants of the earth, the people of the earth, will be destroyed with it. But God is in the business of transforming people of the earth into people of the spirit. Here's what I mean by that. We are of the earth. We are of Adam. We are of a a different nature. We are of Adam until Christ renews us, resurrects us. We're born again, no longer people of Adam, but people of Christ. We've been moved from being in Adam to being in Christ. That's what Romans 6 teaches us. And those of us who are in Christ, we join God in Mount Zion. We are among the elders. We are there and God rules from Zion, from the new Jerusalem. He rules in our midst for his glory, and we get to receive that an eternity of learning what it means to be under the rule of a benevolent, loving God. But if we've not put our faith in Jesus Christ, we remain of the earth, we remain of Adam, and we are destroyed on that great and terrible day of the Lord. That When we talked about Joel last week, 
Remember, remember the sermon in Joel on Sunday when we talked about the destruction of all things and the great day of the Lord's wrath? Yes, it's a day of rescue for his people, but it's also a day of wrath for those who are against his people and are against him, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We want people to be spared the coming wrath. We want people to receive not the wrath of God, but the love of God shown us in Christ. He bore our wrath for us on the cross. That wrath was ours, but Jesus went to the cross. He received the full wrath of God against sin, poured out on him so that all who put their faith in him no longer have to face wrath, but instead receive grace and mercy and love. It only takes faith to transform us from being of the earth to being of heaven to being of the kingdoms of this world, to being of the kingdom of God, to being from being in Adam to being in Christ. It requires faith, the Holy Spirit opening our eyes by grace to receive him by faith that we might live again. And so we go for who can hear this good news and repent and receive grace if they have not been told the good news by someone who already believes. That's us. That's our job. We go into this weekend thinking about ways that we're going to be able to share the gospel. We go into our next work week next week thinking, Lord, who am I going to share the gospel with that they might hear and believe and be saved? Do you believe that God still saves sinners? I do. And I want you to be thinking today and into this weekend, God, you still save sinners. How will you use me to proclaim the good news that we might see people come to Christ and be saved from the day of wrath that is to come. Brothers and sisters, we must be about sharing the gospel. It is our great privilege, our great joy, our great responsibility. God saves still today. Let's be about sharing that saving message, shall we? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the finished work of Jesus Christ that saves us from the day of wrath. For Lord, that day will be a day of glory for us. But we pray for those who don't know you, friends, family members, co-workers, and we ask that you would use us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Help us to share the good news that they might be saved, that they might receive redemption. Use us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being with me today. I'll see you again next week right back here at Goodwill Talk Daily.